Today, in our Episcopal Church calendar, it's kind of like New Year's Eve, a time of celebration, reflection, and hopes for the future. Next Sunday begins our new year with the start of Advent. It feels a bit disorienting to hear about Jesus being crucified as we turn a corner to prepare for Jesus' birth, but it is helpful. It provides a wide lens for us to take in the magnitude and majesty of God's love and power toward us within the Advent season. In church culture, today is referred to as Christ the King Sunday, though you will not find it labeled as a feast day in the prayer book. It is the feast of an idea. It has moved around a bit through history, but really fits here in our church calendar on our New Year's Eve, so to speak. There is a clear focus on kingship. We hear of shepherds and a righteous branch. Shepherd is one of the images for king used for David and Jesus, our good shepherd. The righteous branch imagery mentioned prophetically alludes to the legitimate heir to the throne coming from the line of David. Though David's dynasty at the time of this writing was in shambles. In Paul's letter to the Colossians, this beautiful, almost poetic presentation of spiritual reality, we hear of God's power as king providing for us as we are transferred from the power of darkness to the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. And in our gospel reading, we see Jesus being sneered at and mocked and tortured as king and further learn about this kingdom as one of the thieves next to Jesus simply says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Kings and kingdoms, this is hard stuff for us to grasp in our contemporary culture where we live with a president and there are democracies throughout the world. But contemporarily and historically, kings and queens reign. We may think of Queen Elizabeth II, King Charles III, But most of our gleanings of ruling and reigning may come from fiction. The Game of Thrones, Jon Snow, Joffrey, Cersei Lannister, or the Lord of the Rings, Arwen, Aragorn. We see these fictional characters, these rulers, as people of strong character, or they are evil and conniving. People who win and people who lose. People who treat their royal subjects with care and trust, or are utilitarian in their approach, and perhaps are violent and abusive. Into our vague understandings of kingship, we have this kingdom of God to which we belong, and we have God who is our king. We are God's royal subjects. Our readings today show us who God is as king and what God has done and can do. The meaning of the word king in today's readings has to do with leadership and being lord of a land, in charge of a place. To truly interact with God as king may cause some pause for us. It may elevate our need to practice allegiance to our king and kingdom, or it may challenge our trust in our king God, as we may understand or not understand God's nature and character toward us. In the gospel reading, God is in the act of saving the world. Some of those around Jesus at the cross sneered, mocked, and tormented Jesus, and on top of that, they took his clothes. 
Jesus is king of all, including those being unimaginably horrible in their behavior. There is the physical pain of the cross for Jesus and the reality of the weight of saving the world taking place. And on top of that, the humiliation of royal subjects torturing their king. And how does Jesus respond in the midst of all that is going on? Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. God is aware of our limitations. As this narrative continues to unfold, we carry on into our glimpse into the nature and character of our God who is king to us. One of the thieves on the cross next to Jesus, as I mentioned earlier, out of desperation or audacity, who knows, says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The audacity of this thief's request is in the simplicity of the first two words, remember me. Those almost sound dangerous, do they not? What do we really want God to remember about us and respond to us about as we are near the moment of death? It almost sounds like this thief is reckless, but not at all. Because in the nature and character of God, forgiveness is synonymous with forgetting. God remembers our sins no more. When God remembers us at any time and at the moment of our death, there is nothing to be afraid of. We can, maybe with some feeling of desperation, but also with the audacity of the thief on the cross, simply say, remember me as a prayer at any time. This can be invoking God's presence or a request to be remembered. To remember is to re-put together. God, remember me. God, put me back together. What a moment, I imagine, Jesus looking at this thief in the eye as he responds and says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise. The word used here for paradise connotes unfallen reality, where there is no sin, and includes an imagery of the Garden of Eden perfection. Imagine. As we heard with the story of Zacchaeus a few weeks ago, today we see another salvation narrative. We are further informed about what salvation means. God is our king, and that means so much. Our Colossians reading informs us about our king, of the multifaceted nature of salvation and God's power and love. We hear in this passage that the reality there is more than one kingdom. There is a war that has been waged over the royal subjects of God, us. Through Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, God has won the war, though in real time things continue to catch up with reality in our now. That means that we are God's prize from battle. God fought for us. How much God must value each of us. We have been transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. And the inheritance spoken of in this passage is what we think of with inheritance today. It is what is coming to us. We saw with Zacchaeus that it is abundant life. And we see with the thief on the cross that it is paradise. As we continue to understand that we are saved, we garner a source for endurance in our daily living. 
we begin to see more and more that we are enabled to live through Jesus Christ today and forever. This Christian spirituality is a spirituality of union with God. The simple, profound truth is that God is in us, each of us, that the same power that brought about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the power of God within us, each of us, every moment of every day, enabled to live through Jesus Christ. On our Christian New Year's Eve, we see a lot of reasons to celebrate. God meets our needs with grace and love and power beyond what we can fathom. Thanks be to our King, our Almighty God. Amen.